This is Perspectives, the show where an examination of our many differences often shows us how much we have in common. I'm Condice Presley, and sometimes you've got to wonder, how on earth did that happen? For example, how did an accomplished actress like Allison, Allison Mack, she was the star of Smallville, how did she get sucked into a secret sex cult? Our guest on the program today knows from experience. Despite achieving success as a surf model and professional tango dancer and traveling to nearly 50 countries alone before she turned 35 years old, Renee Linnell continued searching for something. So then it was 2006, the month of June. She was near her home in Southern California. She walked into a meditation seminar expecting to hear the calming voice of an older woman wearing a white robe and sandals. Instead, something entirely different happened. Renee has written about her experience, her journey in a memoir. It's called The Burn Zone. It's her first book. She's here. What happened that day? You thought you were going to meditation and no? (laughs) It was a very different type of meditation. Um, I arrived late. And actually, this is how the book opens. But I arrived late to a crowded room filled with chatter and nervous energy. And there was one chair available in the front row. I sat in it just seconds before a woman walked onto the stage. And she came out in a tailor-fit black business suit with stiletto heels, introduced herself, and then said, let's meditate. And she sat down and put on dark sunglasses and started playing techno music. And all of it was shocking to me, but I just closed my eyes. I thought, okay, I'm here, I'll try. And I closed my eyes to meditate and this incredible peace and light exploded into my mind and everything went blank. And I felt peace, deep, deep peace for the first time in my life. And I thought, I don't care who this woman is. I don't care what she says. I'm home. This is what I've been searching for and I want to stick around. But that's not what happened. (laughs) No. Well, I realize now it's like any toxic relationship where if you go on a first date and somebody hits you or says something emotionally abusive, you don't go on a second date. So we wonder how do people end up in these abusive marriages? But it starts with romance. And so in this situation, there was a lot of romance. She said in the East, people have these really strong spiritual practices, but they live in poverty. And in the West, people have these wonderful careers and make a lot of money, but they're searching and they're empty and they're soul sick. And so what she was going to teach us to do was to sharpen our mind through meditation and then use our career as our spiritual practice and bring the best of ourselves to every moment in our career, use it as an offering to the divine We would get promoted, make more money, create a life where we could meditate better and give back to the world through philanthropy. And so because most of my family died when I was young and my dad died when I was 15 and my mom died when I was 28, I was desperate for parent figures and for guides and mentors. And so here's this woman saying, I'm going to teach you to sharpen your mind and rock your career. And so I signed up for that. And is that what your experience was initially? Initially, for the first year and a half, yes, she, I was a professional dancer and a model. And so she talked me into learning computer programming, which she said would sharpen my mind and then help me make a lot of money. Um, and then she talked me into getting a black belt in karate, which would strengthen my body and also strengthen my mind. And 
eventually I began running her company. So as a dancer, I thought, this is amazing. Here I am with a corporate career, which I never thought I could have. But it was a cult. (laughs) It was a cult. But I didn't discover that really until six and a half years. Yes. Why did it take so long? Again, it you know, I realize now on the other side that it is like these abusive relationships where first they romance you, then they start to manipulate all your time, then they slowly remove your support structure. So because I was spending so much time with the group and doing things for the group, I didn't have as much time for friends and family and activities that I loved, which without realizing it, my support structure was being stripped away. And then they introduced self-doubt. And started telling me in order to become enlightened, I had to change this and this and this about me. And I had to sand down my ego. Um, and, or, and I was reading all these books about monks and enlightened masters. And that it seemed like this is what happens. You do selfless service to the guru. And also, even though I had this dream life from the outside looking in, I was empty inside and sad. And I thought I was the only person that felt that way. And so I was desperate to try a different way of being. And for me, because I was a rebel child, for the first time in my life, I thought, okay, I'm going to let people tell me what to do. If I um, hired a coach to help me get a gold medal in the Olympics, I would do everything the coach said. I would eat what she told me to eat and sleep when she told me to sleep. And so I decided I was going to commit to these teachers and do what they said. I mean, they took your money. They took, Yeah, they took my money. They took my time. They took, I, I ended up eventually becoming the consort, which is the lover of a spiritual teacher. So of the male teacher, there was a female and a male teacher. I was burned everything I owned in order to learn detachment. I gave them a lot of money. And a lot of money, we're not talking several hundred dollars or several thousand dollars. We're talking a significant amount of income. Yes. What did they say to you to make you do that? So I researched cults after all of this. And one of the things that is uh, common in a cult is something called closed logic, where somehow it does make sense. And so for them, they were coaching us in our careers. So they took all these kind of hippie misfits and turned us into suit-wearing, career-holding, money-making people. And so the more money we made, the more money we paid, which again made sense because we thought, well, they're coaching us, they're teaching us. Um, So it does make sense to pay a higher tuition. But what they told us is that the more money we invested, because that's energy, the more empowerment we would get by the spiritual teachers. You laugh about this yes. on the other end. Yes. How, how long has it been since you were able to liberate yourself from this seven and a half year experience? It's been six years now. And so, of course, now that I'm completely healed and thriving, I look back and it's all ludicrous and mind bo- mind boggling. But at the time, I've gained so much wisdom and so much strength and so much sense of self. Um, but at the time, I just wanted so badly to belong somewhere. And I really did want to become enlightened like a saint. I thought that if I did everything they said, I would radiate peace and light the way the saints did. So now this group built itself as self-empowerment. And you had an, an empty space, a hole. You were looking for something more. And initially, you found it with this group. Yes. When did you realize that this is not what I signed up for? How how deep were you into it? Six and a half years? There, well, there were a lot of red flags along the way. And again, it, like what? as I see people in, in bad relationships, I see that the signs are there. Um, the first time they said that we were going to go on a trip, an empowerment trip to Egypt, and that we the students would pay the trip cost and a $10,000 empowerment fee. 
and the empowerment fee would go straight to the teacher's bank account and we would become empowered with that much energy. So the first time I heard that, my stomach sank and I thought they're using us. Did the people in your life, as you shared with them what your experience was, and they saw you being successful and seeming to have found purpose, were they like, are you sure, Renee? Is this really where you want to be? Did people outside of the organization try to rescue you? They did. And and I was able to justify, again, these spiritual groups are so tricky because it's based on faith. And faith, the definition of faith is believing in something you can't see. So in my mind, I thought, well, they just, they're fine living in the world. They're fine with human states of mind. But I'm desperate to figure out how to live in peace inside my mind. It's so important to me that, of course, they can't understand. And so I just thought they just don't understand. They're just not as spiritual. They're not awake. And so I pushed them away slowly. So the leader, what was her name again? Lakshmi? Yes. Um, as you said, you've described her as being very corporate, very professional, very Madison Avenue. However, her gospel was one of the more you earn, the more spiritually enlightened you would become when the act- in actuality it just meant the wealthier <laughs> she became. In your world today, can those two things mix, being prosperous and being spiritually filled? I do think they mix, and and I think in a way they have to mix because I believe now spirituality is being connected to our source, being completely in alignment with who we truly are and with our creator. And, and when we are aligned, we follow our heart, and we start to live a life that's authentically ours, and we start to do the things we love, and we start to use the skill set that we were born with. And it would only make sense that when we go into the world using the skill set we were born with and doing the things we love, that we would thrive and that we would find a way to become compensated well for that. I do believe that. I know a lot of other people don't. But um, and so then I think that, of course, when we're thriving, happy people tend to be kinder people. And when we're going out into the world kind, we're spreading love and light. And so I think that there is a lot of messaging that says you can't be spiritual and thriving and wealthy at the same time. But when you think of somebody like an Oprah Winfrey, when when you have that position of power and you have all of that money, then you can do tremendous good for the world. This leader insisted that women should not be sexy, should not be beautiful, because the attention of men would then take your power away. How did that make sense to you? And do you think that a woman can be sexy, can be sexual, and can be spiritual? Yes, and yes, and yes, at the end to those questions. Um, I, it made sense to me because the way she phrased it was um, that women pushing their energy out to be noticed, it's, it's a waste of energy, and that energy could be used towards career and meditation. And so the women in the group got frumpier and frumpier, and we turned our light down more and more. And as I'm getting older, I'm realizing that women do this all the time. We decide we're old. We decide we're ugly. We turn our light down and become invisible. And what this planet needs is more light. And women, we bring such a beautiful feminine energy to this planet, no matter what size, shape, color, age we are. And I think it's crucially important that we turn our light up, that we know that we're beautiful inside just by being woman. And then we radiate that light from the inside out. 
And we're bombarded with messaging that tells us that if we don't look like an 18-year-old supermodel, we're not attractive anymore. And as I said, just walking around in the body of a woman is so beautiful. And I think that the more powerful we get and the more spiritual we get, the more we realize it is our duty to keep our light turned up until the day we die. How long did it take you to get out? (laughs) It took... I got thrown out, and that's a huge plot twist in the book, <laughs> and, it's a, and it's a big spoiler if I give that away, but that saved my life, but I was still faithful to the group. Was it purposeful, your figuring out a way to get thrown out? No, it wasn't. It was a series of twists and turns, and the way she threw me out was she called and gave me, quote, an impossible task, which was I had 48 hours to say goodbye to the group. I had to go get an MBA from one of the hardest business schools in the country, and then I had to start a business that made $10 million profit after taxes, and then I could go back to the group and, of course, give them the money. But fortunately, I went off to try to do that and ended up in the New York tabloids, slandered, and um, that's a huge part of the book as well. Um, But the distance helped, and then, because I'm not sure I ever would have left, I hate to say that, but I may never have left, And then I was still faithful to the group for the two years I was in New York, two and a half years. And it has taken, since I realized that they were a cult and realized I had been brainwashed, it's taken six years to heal. Are there still people that you knew who were actively engaged in this cult? I believe so. I've heard rumors. I heard rumors that they broke up. I heard rumors that they moved to a different location. I heard rumors they're still going. For me to heal, I had to completely forgive and let go and move on. So I don't know what they're doing. How long did it take you to adjust to being free? And how are you different today versus when you were brainwashed and in the cult? Well, one another question I've been asked is, what would I tell the 33-year-old version of myself now? And I would tell her she's perfect just the way she is. But I had to go through everything I went through, I believe. And so before the cult, I was this beautiful free spirit that traveled the world, that was a risk taker, that felt safe in the world that let the wind blow me everywhere, Um, showing up to foreign countries at midnight with no idea where I was going to stay with just my surfboards and a backpack, Um, dancing on tables at bars, you know, just loved life and yet was empty inside and was spoiled and selfish and self-righteous and judgmental. I was nice, but I was also all of those things. In the cult, I became this closed down, hermity, sad version of myself. And I also became a spiritual narcissist and where I felt like my path was the only path and everyone else not walking it was just asleep and unenlightened. On the other side, I became a broken, demented, um, lost, fragmented person that wanted to commit suicide. And then as I built myself back, I started to realize I was so sick and tired of trying to be everything the world told me I had to be. And I had no energy left for that. And I, that I wanted to just figure out who I was, what brought me joy. And as I started to do that, I realized, oh my gosh, I'm actually really good at being me. And being me is really fun. And it's really easy. And it's quirky. And it's weird. And it's probably not politically correct. But I'm really good at it. It's really fun. And the more I did that, the more I attracted to people, people to me that really liked me for me. And life became more fun. And then As life became fun, I became kind. And then I suddenly realized, oh my gosh, a happy me is a kind me, and a kind me is a saint-like me. 
and suddenly I'm getting in my car 15 minutes earlier so I'm not a jerk in traffic and I'm leaving larger tips to tell people I don't even know that I love them and I'm smiling on days when I really don't feel like smiling and I suddenly realize that me just being me um, is really the saint-like enlightened version of me. Renee, when did you know that you had a story that you wanted to tell and that you wanted others to learn from your experience? I was writing and writing and writing as a catharsis to get it out of me. My therapist suggested journaling, uh, screaming into pillows, and punching punching bags. And I didn't tell anyone about the story because I had so much shame around Mm -hmm. it. And then eventually... Because you were too smart to get sucked into a cult? Yes. And how does someone like me get sucked into a cult and then give away all my money and let myself be used in so many different ways and go into a radically failed business venture with someone I didn't even know from a karate dojo and not sign an operating agreement? I mean, all this crazy stuff. And um, I started to eventually tell close friends and my brother about what happened And they all reacted the same way. You have to write a book. This has to be a movie. And and I started realizing, oh, my gosh, I am writing a book. And then I realized it was so powerful for me to own my story and to stop having shame around it, um, that my story had worth and that it could help others. And so I wrote my story. I decided to publish it because I think it would encourage other people to tell their stories. Everybody, Renee Linnell is a serial entrepreneur. She has founded or co-founded five companies, has an executive MBA from NYU. Uh, Right now you're working on starting a publishing company to give people who are different, because you want us to embrace our differences, an opportunity to tell their own stories living between Colorado and Southern California. But you're here today. How cathartic was it for you not only to write the book, but also to embrace the shame, and then toss it away. (laughs) Incredibly cathartic, incredibly liberating, because in the writing and the publishing of this book, it's like there's nothing that anybody could dig up on me that I haven't already just exposed to the whole world anyway. I'm walking around with all my skeletons exposed, all the skeletons in the closet, and I just imagine how free we would all be if we felt that we could do that. Like, this is me, and I'm human, and living a human life is really messy, and these are the mistakes I made, and this is what I've been through, and this is what I've learned. So, so I am loving this journey. Are you more trusting or less trusting as a result of your journey? At first, I was less trusting. I didn't trust anybody, and I didn't trust myself. Um, and then I realized I hated living life that way that that was putting me in a cage. And so now I still give people the benefit of the doubt. I'm still trusting because I like to be, but I am incredibly strong in my boundaries now, and I trust my intuition. And in the past, I would be worried that I was labeled a bitch and I was nice to everybody. And now the second somebody pops up on my radar as someone I don't want to talk to or be around, I just, I have really strong boundaries. And I would imagine you also are very clear now at identifying what defines a toxic relationship. Yes, and a toxic person. Unfortunately, I could spot a sociopath and a narcissist in a second. So what are some of those qualities that those listening to us today might want to look out for? Because there are certain toxic people in everybody's lives. Yes. Well, perhaps not to the point that you're going to have the experience that you had, but I'm sure from your story, there are things that all of us can learn about the people around us. Yes, I say we have an incredibly strong emotional guidance system, and we know in our gut, that whole thing, trust your gut, 
when you don't feel good around somebody, don't be around that person. And a lot of these people, they throw us off because they're sparkly, they're smiley, they seem so nice. And you go, well, this person's so nice and this person loves me so much. And yet you get that yucky feeling interacting with them. Like, I don't know why I just don't want to see this person. I just don't want to have coffee with this person. I just don't want to have the phone call. Trust that. Trust that. What do you say to folks who are searching for something larger than themselves? I say, I think what most of the saints and mystics say, which is everything you're searching for is already within you. But I also realize that words don't teach, only life experience teaches. And that sometimes I think maybe all of us have to live a life that's not authentic until we get shattered. And then we start to realize we're done living something that's not true to ourselves. and, And we start looking for what really makes our hearts sing. But I, I believe that when we do what makes our hearts sing, which is unique to each one of us, for some person it's fishing, for another person it's doing taxes, for another person it's singing or gardening, we've got to find a way to fit that into our daily life. We have to. We owe it to ourselves. So now what type of person are you today? How do you describe yourself as you are traveling the country, sharing your story, helping others not be the you that you used to be? <laughs> I am an introvert, so all of this traveling and talking isn't the easiest for me, but I'm learning that when I'm authentic and just myself, um, that it's all much more comfortable. So I'm much more comfortable in my own skin. I don't need to be the center of attention anymore. I prefer to sit back and listen more than I talk. Um, And two, I've noticed that I really enjoy the time with whoever the universe puts in front of me in the moment. I keep hearing this, don't miss this opportunity with this one person, whether it's the Uber driver or the person at the airport. Um, And so I'm finding that there's this richness of life that I didn't have before, where each person that crosses my path seems to be an angel in a certain way. And so each moment is incredibly rich. So you're genuinely more present in each and every situation. I am. And of course, I have my days where I'm not. And on those days, I just really try to stay home because I'm a jerk. <laughs> um, and you but, know this about yourself. I do. And now and now I don't get upset about it if I'm depressed or I'm angry or I'm irritable and I just can't shake it. Yeah. Instead of making myself wrong or bad, now I say, okay, honey, today you're just, you're not getting any work done. You're useless. So stay home under a blanket and read a book or watch a movie if possible. Are you still working with your therapist? I'm not. No, no longer. How how liberating was that to know that you had done that work and you were going to be good on your own? It was incredibly liberating, and it meant that my friends were back in my life because I was talking to friends and they said, Renee, you know, we're here for you. We're the people you've talked to. You know, we know you better than anybody else. And I realized I didn't need the therapist any longer. I just needed to talk to my friends. What do you want readers to take away from your memoir? So many things. But the biggest thing is we've got to learn to love ourselves. You know, people say, oh, I could never get brainwashed. And I say, we're kind of all brainwashed by the media and the messaging that comes at us every day that tells us we're not good enough. We're not strong enough. We're not pretty enough. We're not successful enough. We're not young enough. We're not thin enough. And we've got to develop the strength of mind to say enough. You know, enough. I'm okay the way I am. This is my chance in a human body for, you know, however many years. And I, I just want to enjoy it. And, um, and it takes incredible strength of mind to say, you know, I want to take an hour for myself today to do something that makes me feel good. Or 
I want to change careers and do something that might not make all that money, but is going to, I'll love it every day I go to work. Or this relationship, even though I've been in it for 30 years, is no longer serving me. And as hard as it's going to be, I'm going to move on. So I just want readers to take away this message that self-love, we want more love in this world. We need more love in this world. And the way we do it is by looking in the mirror and saying, I love you to ourselves. And we treat ourselves the way we would treat a three-year-old child. That's the pendant you're wearing around your neck. It says love. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) The book is The Burn Zone. It is a memoir. The author is Renee Linnell. Uh, It is a fascinating story, and I hope just by hearing a little bit about Renee and her journey, and we didn't give away too many of the plot twists and turns in your story, uh, we're going to read the book now and look forward to seeing when it is option into a movie. Renee, thanks so much. Thank you so much. Perspectives is a half hour we produce with you in mind. If there's something you think we ought to be talking about, let me hear from you. Tweet me, MyAndalusCondo29, on Twitter, or leave a message on our Facebook page. We do appreciate your listening and hope you'll be back next week at this same time as we examine another perspective. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.